Jeff, can I get you to ha help me here with a few cheers? Three would be nice. That'd be one for each of us. Would you give a warm, abiding harvest welcome to the Raybergs for me uh, this morning? Rich and Brenda Rayburg. Uh, I met this couple not too long ago over a lunch, and I was absolutely amazed with uh, their passion for marriage and making it a better place uh, for all of us. Um, how many of us here today are in a marriage or have been in a marriage or want to be in a marriage? Okay, okay. Note Cole's hand right down front here. On that, on that, oh, and another, and another, okay, okay, we just want to point those out for sure this morning. Um, but there's, uh, there's something about a marriage, it's at the heart of every home, and that heartbeat in that home affects everyone within it, and you carry it with you in the day no matter where you go if you're a part of that home and a part of that marriage. And, uh, uh, but I was just delighted in having lunch with you guys, just how relatable you were and how much fun you were. Um, but I've got a question. How, how does an old baseball coach get so passionate about marriages? Help, help me understand that. You know, I, I think anything is more fun the more you know how to do it and the better you get at doing it. And when I met Brenda, we came from a lot of past hurts, and God just did something amazing when we met, and it just started and it's just continued to soar and I just love doing what we do together. You're throwing strikes just in a different arena. Yes. Hmm. Right. All right. He was a fabulous, I didn't know him then, but from what I've been told and the guys that he got to the pros, he was a great coach and he still is a great coach. He's now just transferred it over to the marriage realm. I, I believe in the basics. If you don't do the basics well, you're not going to do anything else very well either. Hmm. And I, I, we really work on the basics. Right. But before we get started, I want to say thank you. Hmm. Yes. Thank you for having us here. Thank you so much. We did. We had a great lunch, and we talked about that lunch after the day was over for weeks afterwards. It was just so beautiful to have a kindred spirit when it came to helping marriages thrive and not just thrive, grow. And Terry, that was great worship. And I loved it that you talked about the names of God. And during service, God reminded me of one of his names, Jehovah El Roy, the God who sees you. Mm. Don't forget people. He sees each and every one of you. He knows where you are. He knows your hearts. He knows your hurts. He knows your dreams, your passions. Don't forget, he does. He sings over you. Mm, yeah. And, and mar marriage, that's so important because marriage can so often be a private joy or it can be a private prison, a real place of, of pain and hurt. And, uh, and, and most marriages, I think, are a kind of a mixed bag of, of those things. Um, and we struggle to know just how to, how to make them better. But you have a, you have a sentence that you've shared with uh, many folks in your group. You have a group that meets every Tuesday night now uh, of young couples. Some of them are here today, I know. 
um, you have a phrase that caught my heart. You asked this question, do you want your kids to have the mm. kind of marriage you have? Mm. Why, why do you think that's an important question? Because they probably will. They watch us, and what they saw, the devil has a, makes a point to make sure that they don't forget and that if he can, for them to do. And we really have worked hard to let our kids know that the things that we did, the things that we went through, were not right. Man, divorce is not God's answer to any situation in marriage. But it happens. It happened to us. But you know what? God is a forgiver, a redeemer. Amen. And we're really in love with each other and helping other people learn to do the same thing. You know, the, the, the biggest thing in marriage is dying to yourself. Everybody's self is really self. I mean, you know what that self is. And that self will really get you in trouble. But man, when, when John, I think it's 15, 13, he said, no greater love has anyone than he lay down his life for a friend. And, and you think, man, but she said this or he said that and they did this and they did. Lay down your life. Keep trusting God. Amen. I've heard y'all use 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. I remember part of it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't keep score. Believes the best. Believes the best. Um, I wish I had it memorized. I should have done that. That would have been very impressive this morning. <laughs> but um, but uh, I, I wrote it down. Yeah, okay, okay, good. You, you've given that as, as couples homework before. Tell, tell me how that works and uh, why you would do that. Well, you know, couples don't spend enough time together. And, and I'm not talking through osmosis. I'm talking set aside, on purpose, intentional time. And that is what we try to accomplish through 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Look at that and read that to each other. You know, like when you go to the doctor, he, he does all that stuff to get a checkup. You know, I just recently stepped on a nail the other day, and I had to go get a tetanus shot. You know, and they're checking my blood pressure and uh, all this other stuff. And I'm like, hey, you know, the, the, it's, it's down here. It hurts down here. It's not, it's not up here. But that's what they do. And couples need to go through this as a way of checking how their love for one another is expressed and understood by the other. And I, I love it. Well, and when we ask them to do it, you have to do it twice a day, once in the morning and once at night. And first, you know, we get what everybody out there is probably thinking, oh, don't ask me to do that. <laughs> it's hard enough. We started with the group asking them to look at each other face to face for That's 15 minutes. That's a challenge. Minutes. 15. The looks on their faces and the growls and the stink eye was enough to make me take it down, and we only got to three. Three minutes or three, three people? Three minutes. Okay, can you look at your spouse for three minutes? People talk to each other, but we've lost the art of communication because we're so engrossed in our stupid phones. We don't look at each other. Hey, how is my customer service? How am I doing? We don't want to ask that question because really we don't want the answer. 
But if we don't get the answer to how we're doing, how are we ever going to serve that person right? So in the love challenge, and we make them do it in the Amplified, and they're supposed to do it in the morning and at night, each of them, because it's not just to read words. It's to really let those words sink in. During group one time, I joked and I said, well, we're going to study love. And everybody was like, they'd rather get a root canal. And I said, and we could stop at love is patient. And we could just stay there for the whole eight weeks. Until you've mastered patience, we're just going to camp there. But one of the things it says is it's not touchy. So as you're reading this verse to each other, hopefully you're listening to the words and when it gets to love is not touchy and you get a check, you know, that check in here where God's going. Then you take it to the Father and you say, have I been touchy? Is my fuse this big when you're, you don't even have a fuse, Jesus? That's the whole intent. And then at the end of the seven days, you really do see a change in yourself if you have given the Holy Spirit the right, the opportunity to wrestle with you and to, to come and deal with those things. You know, you talked about sports. And, you know, to be good at anything, you got to practice. And one of the funniest things I remember from coaching is in the offseason, we would go in and we would work out for three, three and a half hours. And I would get there and other, some of the pros in town that lived in Tulsa would be in there working out. You know what they were doing? Hitting a ball off of a tee and teeing it up themselves. And they were there before we got there and there after we left. Who hits a ball off a tee that long, that many times? It's crazy. But when you want to stay in a league of the top 1%, you got to work hard. And I want to be a good husband. I was a lousy husband. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a great husband. I want to be a Hall of Fame husband. I want someone to follow me. And you know what? I do have people following me. Bruce, Lucas, Cole, Cody, Brittany, Brant, Kaylee, Savannah, uh, Whitney. Yeah, and, and ultimately grandkids. That's a pretty good size audience, and I hope I didn't leave any of them out. I don't think I did. <laughs> I'll, I'll blame it on the pastor if I yeah, did. Yeah. He, my mic went bad. It's no. live streams. You're already gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But listen, if you don't have a good marriage, you can't. If you say, I don't love them, you can love them again. Only God raises the dead. And Lazarus, come forth. Sally, Jim, Mike, whatever, come forth. Whatever your situation is, it can change. And that's what we do as a group together. We work on getting better. We're, we're hitting the ball off the tee every single week. It's simple. It's basics. Do the little things, and you'll do great things. Mm. That's awesome. Great advice. Uh, I, I noticed that you, you don't just do one-on-one -on -one kind of counseling. You also, I mean, I know that you counsel premarital folks. Uh, got a strong ministry there to those folks that are coming into marriage um, but you do marriage groups okay help, help me understand the benefit of taking my marriage to a group 
of participating with a group to work on my marriage, right? Oh, yeah. We tend to privatize it so much. What, what's, what's the advantage to being a part of a group? Well, first, nobody wants to go to a marriage group. Let's just face it. They think Most it's people don't want to go to a group, period. Period. Well, Especially a marriage group. Right, but when they hear marriage group, when we first started doing this, we did it at our friend's house, and the husband said, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, uh, and it wasn't a no-no. It was real it no. It was a, the real no. And I said, well, we'll do it. And he said, well, if they'll teach it, they can do it. I don't care, but well, I'm not doing it. But then when they started, first, I'm really funny, so they loved it. <laughs> B, <laughs> I, I'm, I am the, you know, the comedic relief in the couple. But what's really beautiful about the group is Satan is a master at making you think you're walking alone. That whatever you're facing in your marriage, nobody else is facing it. I'm the only one who is struggling. My husband is the only jerk on the planet. My wife is the <laughs> only nag that has ever walked the earth. Or, you know, those are little problems. But some couples have some really no, those, bad those problems. problems. We've heard it all. But when you get there, and you might, want, you might not want to talk. You might just want to you know, lay back and listen. But you hear couples, and we've got couples ranging from young couples that just got marriage, married to people who have been married 45 years and everything in between. And you hear everything in between. But you listen and you think, oh, I'm not alone. I I'm not the only one that's struggling in this relationship. We go through cycles in our relationship. You know, when you're, you hear about priority, we talk about that a lot. Because when you're married, you think, oh, I, I got to raise the kids. And you forget wives, that we're wives. We go right into motherhood because we're good at that. Especially if your spouse gets a little cranky or a little whatever. Cranky. Cranky. We'll leave it at cranky. <laughs> this is church. It's easy to turn your heart to the child who is not cranky, and they love you all the time, and they have that big, happy smile. And your husband comes home, and you say hi, and he's like, eh, I'm tired, or vice versa. Listen, marriage is work. If anybody, we, that's what we tell our singles when we do our singles group. If anybody told you that marriage is not work, they lied it's work from the day you get married till the day your marriage, till you meet Jesus or you go in the grave. And outside of your relationship with God, no relationship has greater reward than, marriage. than your marriage. Amen. 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 But being in a group, it's accountability. It's knowing you're not alone. We have group. We get together and celebrate for Thanksgiving. We have a dirty Santa or a pink elephant, whatever you call it, at Christmas It's really time. dirty, too. It, it, gets, it gets a little crazy. These women in the blankets, they fight each other over those things. But we love each other, and it's, somebody, it's community because the church is a big place, and you don't always click with everybody. But we have a group of people that literally love each other mm. and would do anything for mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. All right. I forget the guy's name that did the remodels on TV. Ty, somebody. Do you all remember him? Ty what? Pennington? Yeah. Remember that? I always loved the part in the show when they said, move that bus, you know? <laughs> and the eyes pop at yeah. the transformation that, yeah. that's happened to the place that was so familiar. 
what, what if this fall you gave your relationship a chance at a remodel? Amen. I mean, even if it was just a few things that got tweaked. Ladies, what, what would a new kitchen do for your home? You know? Guys, guys what, 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 what would one of those uh, backyard TV rotisserie, <laughs> play, you know, yeah. a remodel? Uh, I, I think that's what's in the potential here uh, for all of us. Yeah. And uh, I, I wish we had another hour. I'm not going to take another hour. But I, I want you to know... That, that your marriage is precious in the eyes of God. Yes. Our God sees. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, Cheryl and I have worked hard at our marriage all, all of our lives. And still, we, we were at a place about last Easter where we didn't know if we were going to make it. And God came through. God gave us the breakthrough we needed, and we are enjoying our marriage now like we never have. And uh, it's transformative, yes. not just to the marriage, but to every other relationship that relies on the gas that you get there uh, in that marriage to make a difference. And we so hope that for those of us who would like just a little tweak here and there, or maybe you're where I am, I was, you know, where, where you really need a breakthrough. Uh, either way, I want you to know that God made you male and female so that in that marriage relationship, you could be his shining image of what it means to love, to sacrifice, to respect in community. Yes. More than any other place, that was his first place of sacramental witness was in, was in the marriage. And Satan would love to cheat any of us of the joy of being that for our Lord. But that's what the Lord wants for you. So this fall, if, if you just want a little polish around the edges, or if you need a, a total redo, remodel, if you need a massive breakthrough, all of us that are wanting to work on our marriage might want to be a part of this. And I, I just wanted to have a chance to introduce you to this couple. Let's give them a hand this morning. Amen. God bless you both. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. God bless you. All right. Just a little altar call here. You know, God tells us that we are his bride. And I, I hear Paul in Ephesians 5 just kind of muddling through all these, these uh, finally he just bursts out. And all this is a mystery <laughs> when he's talking about comparing Jesus and the church uh, to a husband and wife in a marriage. All this is a mystery. Oh, my gosh. He's just flowing with it. He's just quoted the Old Testament where it says, And a, and a man shall leave his mother, and uh, a woman shall leave her home, and the two shall cleave together and become one flesh. But he's been talking about Jesus, Jesus, who has left his home and come for us to pursue us to rescue us, to make us his bride. I don't know if you have a special one in your life, a spouse right now. But I want you to know you have a husband. You have a lover. 
You have one that has laid down his life and crossed the light years from heaven to earth to pursue you. And so this morning, before we go, we just want to give you a chance to respond to him. So some of you may be saying this morning, I, I, I'd always hoped that God would be a God like that. I, I'd always hoped he would pursue me like someone would someone that they loved with their whole heart. I, 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 Jesus is, is one that wants to be that kind of partner with me, yes. And so today, if you've been dating God, but you're ready to define the relationship, I want you to come to the altar. If this morning you've been dating God for quite a while, but you've not committed. Know that you'll find no better partner even in working on your marriage than you will with the one that loves you all the time, that respects you all the time, that no matter how difficult it becomes not to reciprocate something that you didn't get from your spouse, he is standing over their shoulder looking into your eyes saying, I love you, would you do it for me? Would you love him for me? Would you show them respect even though they don't deserve it? Would you forgive them as I've forgiven you? Would you accept them as I've accepted you? Let him be a part of that marriage. If today you want to couple up again with the lover of your soul, this altar is open. It's open for you. Don't leave without that great gift this morning as our praise team leads us.